Hello. 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 Hello, my name is Matthew West, and I'm the host of this podcast. It's called the Matthew West Podcast. I really hope you like it. Hello. Guys, Simply Earth's Essential Oil Recipes box makes it easy to master essential oils at over $150 in value. You're going to get four full-size essential oils and all the ingredients you need to make six natural recipes, all for just $39 when you subscribe. Do you want to live a healthier life? Do you want the air in your home, or in my case, our tour bus, to be toxin-free? The answer is yes. Now, this is an amazing company, and here's why. Not just because of 100% pure and natural Simply Earth ingredients delivered straight to your door, but because these are essential oils that change the world, and here's how. 13% of their profits go to help end human trafficking. I'm going to say that again. 13% of their profits go to help end human trafficking. So when you get your essential oils from another company, well, you're going to get essential oils regardless. If you're like the West family, we want to get it from a company that wants to be a part of a cause greater than just profit. And that's what Simply Earth is about. We want to help end human trafficking. I hope you do too. These are the purest oils on earth. Like I said, 100% pure. There are no synthetics, no fillers in these oils. They're tested to be 100% pure with no additives, only the good stuff. These recipes work too. Every single recipe is created and tested by AHA certified aromatherapists. You won't get a recipe unless they love it. So here's how it works. You get 100% pure and natural Simply Earth ingredients delivered to your door. You follow the fun recipes in your Simply Earth essential oil recipe box to make products that you know will work because they're created and tested by certified aromatherapists. And you get to enjoy a home free of toxins as we are in the fall spending more time indoors that is more important now than ever so go to simplyearth.com slash west use the code west to get a free $20 gift card with your first recipe box when you subscribe today that's simplyearth.com slash west get a $20 gift card with your first recipe box when you use the code west and subscribe today What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. Great show for you today. I'm super excited to talk with today's guest. I grew up watching him on TV, but more on that in a minute. Hey, uh, Thanksgiving, here we are. It's almost time. Gobble, gobble one. Uh, This is the official Gobble, gobble episode. Let's go. I love seeing all these videos y'all are posting of you and your families rocking out to gobble gobble in your kitchens, getting ready for Thanksgiving. Man, so cool. I got some really cool announcements I want to make today. Officially, we are announcing a virtual Christmas concert. You've heard me talk about the We Need Christmas Tour. We're performing in eight cities across the country in December. But for those of you who are not able to attend a show We are not leaving you out. Fear not, my friends. Worry not, my friends. You can enjoy a special virtual concert, the We Need Christmas Live from Nashville virtual concert coming your way. We've had so much fun connecting with people all around the world via these virtual concerts, and we are going to do it again. It's going to be a special time. It's taking place the week of Christmas, December 21st through the 25th. 
You can get your tickets now, officially today. And for being a listener of this podcast, you have a special discount code of $5 off. Your code is WESTPOLE, not North Pole, WESTPOLE, W-E-S-T-P-O-L-E. So go to MatthewWest.com to get your tickets to the We Need Christmas virtual concert. Use the code WESTPOLE. You'll get 5 bucks off your ticket. There's some really cool VIP packages as well. Uh, just some really great ways for us to connect in a special way this Christmas season. What else? Well, of course, I mentioned the uh, official We Need Christmas tour. If you're in Texas or in any of the cities we're traveling to, come and see us. It's going to be a great time. Uh, last but not least, I have to say thank you because we decided that we were going to give a gobble away this Thanksgiving. This is going to become an annual movement for our ministry, and many of you podcast listeners joined us in that. We want this to be a no-what-if Thanksgiving. We're thinking about other people who need a meal. We're partnering with my ministry, Pop We and Samaritan's Purse, and together we've raised over $20,000 to help feed hungry people this Thanksgiving. I can't thank you guys enough. It just fills up my heart. And that's what it's that's what it's about to live a no what if Thanksgiving and that's living a life of generosity, being thankful for the ways God has blessed us and then turning that gratitude around and choosing to bless others. There's still time to give at popwe.org, p o p w e.org and uh, all of the donations will go towards helping feed people in need of a meal this Thanksgiving. You guys are the best. All right, let's get on with today's show. My guest today, I grew up watching him on TV. At one point, he was one of the biggest television stars, and he was a heartthrob for all the ladies. But I grew up watching his show, Growing Pains. I memorized the sitcom theme song. And uh, man, God's done a radical work in his life, going from atheist to believer. And now he's been given such a unique platform where he's really uh, standing up for his faith in a world that is ready to cancel us at every turn. He's showing us what it looks like to be unapologetic as a follower of Christ. I'm super excited for today's conversation. He's got a brand new show on TBN. I was a guest on that show, and today he's joining me. So let's go to the story house with Kirk Cameron. You were caught up talking to one of your, you have 37 children, I think, according to Wikipedia. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so I'm kidding. My wife six and I, children. Yeah, we have six kids, and and uh, it was, it's been really exciting. We, we got to see all of them this last weekend because my daughter just got married. Oh, wow. Okay, where was the wedding? So the wedding was here in Southern California. It was at a beautiful little house, um, kind of near the near the ocean, so the weather was perfect, and everybody flew Man. in. Man. From Colorado and the East Coast, and and our kids came from Texas, and and it was great. And you know what, Matthew? What was really cool was I, I had to, I was playing a challenging dual role at my daughter's wedding. I played both the father of the bride and the minister. Whoa! Okay. Now, how did you keep it together? Tell me, did you did you get teary eyed, or or were you able to stay in character? I, I was able to stay in character. I I you know I was walking. Anna down the aisle after I saw her for the first time in her beautiful wedding dress. She looked just like a princess. And, uh, you know, I just kept, I just kept talking with her as I walked down the aisle. I just kept saying, you know, how do you feel? You doing okay? And kept my emotions intact. And the tough part was the father daughter dance that I almost lost oh. it. There. Yeah. Which Matthew West song did you dance to? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. What was, wait, 
Was it uh, was it the theme song to Growing Pains? No. Was it a uh, What would we do, baby? No. Without us? No. Okay. No. We built this city on <laughs> rock um, and roll. No. You know, um, tomorrow morning when you, you wake, wake up. up. Oh. And, now that was the song at my wedding with Chelsea. This was thirty years ago. Oh my goodness! They played that song as their dance song, but the father daughter dance was the song that should be outlawed at father-daughter dances because it's just, to me, it's the cruelest song ever written. And Bob Carlyle- Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but she changed her name today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that Daddy song will never girl. go away. Oh my goodness. It was just, it's just a hard, it's just tear your heart out and just tear it into a thousand pieces. So did that one make you cry then? Well, it, that, that was the toughest part to, to keep the tears back. So I, I think there were some, uh, yeah, my eyes got a little blurry during that, but I was focusing on my dance steps and, and just trying to talk her through it. This is the good stuff right here. This is what people want to know. What gets to, what gets to Kirk Cameron's heart is a, is a good Bob Carlyle butterfly kisses ballad and a, <laughs> and a slow dance with his daughter. Hey, now forgive my ignorance, but was this the first time you've given how you have six kids? Is this the first wedding you've officiated and, and daughter you've walked down the aisle or have you done that several times already? No, I, this is the very first time that I've walked my daughter down the aisle. Uh, we, we have another daughter who's also married, but because of, um, well, because of the government lockdowns of our country, uh, last year, we had to watch my daughter's wedding on Zoom on my laptop. That was really lame, <laughs> but glad they're married and, and we hope to have sort of a reenactment celebration one day soon. Man. Okay. So I have a question. When you officiated the wedding, Kirk, what was it that you wanted to make sure that you got across, that you communicated as not only as the... Uh, one officiating the wedding because obviously you have to be mindful of the whole audience and and I know how mindful you are of always being a witness and always telling people about Jesus um, but in that role as dad were you just peering straight into the soul of your future son-in-law and taking and saying take care of her or what was the what was the main takeaway of your message and who was it geared towards I'm just curious that's it the, the main takeaway for, of my message for my son-in-law was, I have a shotgun in the back of my truck <laughs> and a shovel and and, and a shovel and a sh and we hopefully won't need to use it. It was wonderful. <laughs> I mean I, I had a chance to to explain to my son-in-law and I've I've told him this before but others enjoyed hearing about how my daughter Anna you know I, she's been thinking about getting married and planning her wedding for 22 years ever since she could pronounce the word husband. Since she was like two years old, she has been fed a steady diet of Disney princess movies. So yes, she is yes. Ariel. She is Belle. She is uh, Jasmine. And yeah. I said, you know, bro, you are her Aladdin. You're her Prince Charming. Oh, You're the man. beast she loves. And uh, this is it. It was a beautiful time to reiterate that marriage is God's idea, mm. that it's it's highly significant when we, we read in Genesis, and then also Jesus reiterated that a man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. There's this decisive leaving 
of your parents. It's not an abandoning of your parents or your of your family, but it's starting a new family and there's new priorities and uh, new relationships and there's a permanent cleaving, right? So when we have an argument, we don't run home to mama and right. uh, go ask dad to talk to my husband about this because, <laughs> right? Like there's a new yeah. cleaving going on. Yeah. It's permanent and there's a unique intimacy that, um, you know, the, the Bible says that uh, Adam and Eve uh, were not ashamed. The two became one and they weren't ashamed. And it's something very precious and sacred and special. And so it was awesome. And I, I asked him, do you promise to do all these things? And he said, yes, sir, I do. Yes, sir. <laughs> he was saying that more to the fo- to me as, as her dad than yeah. the minister. Because yeah, he just yeah. snapped your attention like he was at, you know, <laughs> At like West Point or something. It was like, yes, sir, I do. (laughs) Well, he's probably saying, sir, you had me at shotgun and shovel. That's right. (laughs) Hey, you know, a true story really quick. When I first met him, because my daughter lives in Colorado and she was dating him for a while, came to California. And when I met him, I said, hey, do you have plans for tonight? He goes, no, not really. Just hanging out with you guys. I said, great. Well, I got plans for us. We're going camping. Uh, You and me alone. We're going up to the top of this mountain. And uh, I did. I had a little little two man pup tent in my backpack, along with a shovel. Told him I probably wouldn't need the shovel. And uh, we hiked to the top of a mountain, and we hung out for you know twelve hours together, just talking about everything from faith and family and politics and purity and everything else. And by the time we came home, I, I thought, you know what, I like this guy. So at that point, you knew they were serious when you took him camping. This wasn't like a he showed up for the first date mm-hmm. and you said, no, we're going, you're going camping with the dad. This was, this was into their relationship a bit, huh? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. My, my daughter is serious about him at this point and we just hadn't met, we hadn't got to know him too much. So this was the crash course in uh, get to know your boyfriend. Can I guess what, what you gave them as a wedding gift? Okay. Guess. You got him a, a copy of, uh, a DVD of Fireproof and some uh, Love Dare books. Is that? No, I, I actually is that possible? got them every Matthew West album that has <laughs> ever been published. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> That's the gift that keeps on giving. You know, I'd say the wedding's a pretty great gift. Oh, that's a great gift. Are you I kidding? I think that's a pretty great gift. I just didn't know. I figured like the movie Fireproof is like required viewing for, <laughs> for couples you know, getting ready my, to get married. I don't married. think any of my kids have even seen Fireproof. Are you it's serious? They've never even seen Growing Pains. So no, wh- Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, explain this. How have your kids, you've never sat them down and showed them Growing Pains? It was my favorite show growing up. Uh, we, we never did. They were raised on episodes of I Love Lucy, The Brady Bunch, and uh, Little House on the Prairie. And um, we just never really wanted mom and dad to be sort of, you know, kind of the cartoon character celebrities that we assumed that we would kind of look like to them. So we, we never we never did that. And um, you know how it is. I mean, it's your mom and dad. Like, I know you guys are cool and everything. I don't really want to sit down and watch videos of your dad, you know? Yeah, I get it. I, but, <laughs> but but so now that they're grown up, have, they probably have seen at least an episode. They probably right? snuck off and watched them. But we, we've ne- I've never actually seen them. You know? <laughs> kind of like your kids. They're out, you know, they're probably out drinking beer somewhere. You just, <laughs> oh, you just don't get to see it. It's, yeah. behind the, it's behind the building or somewhere. Let's pray that's not the case, right? Unless it's a good Belgian ale. That's okay. Okay, good. (laughs) Hey, you've done some really cool things throughout the last two years. I mean, I feel like you're always up to something, but I'm really inspired by you. 
I'm inspired by your strength of stand, the way that you continue to just to stand up for Christ. And it's an inspiring thing for me to watch. But during the pandemic, I noticed you and I were kind of trying to use social media in some unique ways to just promote a sense of unity and togetherness for people who maybe didn't have community. And uh, I noticed you would do this... um, You'd sit by the fire, and you're. Can, I think you still do this, right? Can you talk about this prayer time that you have and why you thought that was important? Well, it really—it's called the American Campfire Revival, and uh, it's just a name that I gave this thing. It's—it's it's not some big studio. It's nothing. It's my—it's me and my phone in my backyard, and it really got started uh, right after the election, and things are just so upside down, and people are wondering what's going on, and. And uh, the new president is rolling out his first hundred days. Okay, awesome. You know, <laughs> roll up your sleeves. What are you going to do? Yeah. And 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 while most Christians are just sitting sitting in their backyards, quarantined in California, crying in their Chick Fil A soup, yeah. uh, wondering <laughs> about all the awful things that are going to happen, uh, I said, "Well, what's our plan? I mean, what's what's the plan? I mean, if if, if they're going to go full communism, uh, what's our plan? And 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 does God's word have anything to say about this? And I thought, well, there's a lot of people saying a lot of words and a lot of talking heads, but uh, I'm going to go crazy if I don't have some kind of a plan. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to humble myself and pray. I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm going to turn my whole heart to God and and plead with him for revival in our country. Because I don't think we'd get out of this mess short of revival. And so I made a campfire in my backyard for 100 days to line up with Biden's 100 days. And I invited everybody on social media to join me as I worked through this book called The American Covenant, The Untold Story. And it's essentially about what our founding fathers understood and depended on as a nation that we have forgotten. And uh, did that for 100 days. And then been doing some other stuff. But I'm, I'm now finishing up the final 100 days of uh, 2021 every night in my backyard with a campfire, praying, singing, and uh, talking about where I think we need to be as a church. That's powerful. And you've taken that conversation into a brand new show that I want to make sure we talk about. Are there some similarities with this new show? I'm super excited for people. It just launched in November and here we are. Uh, it's December and and Kirk, I couldn't. It's funny because a year ago at Christmas time, I had Candace Cameron Bure as a guest at Christmas time. We talked about all of her Christmas movies and here I am. How do you pronounce that anyway? Is it Bure? I think or is it's it Bure. You should we know should get her on the phone and just say, okay, because we're all wondering, how do we pronounce this? Is this like the hat, well, like beret, like raspberry beret? I skipped it and just called her the queen of Christmas. That's what I did. That's it. And, and that's she what I answered did. I just, to that. That's right. I, I just call her the Hallmark queen. Yes, exactly. So November 1st, you launched a, a new show on TBN called Takeaways with Kirk Cameron. And now people can watch just that. Just in case I forgot. That's right. We wanted to make sure everybody know your name. But did, how much of these conversations on this new show? Tell me about this new show. And did the idea sort of come out of the, the campfire experience? Or are they were they totally different um, inspirations that came to you here? They, they were pretty different. I've always been so thankful for the opportunities to meet really thoughtful, bright, articulate people with great ideas and have conversations with them. And often those conversations happen backstage somewhere or, you know, in a, in a cab or on an airplane or something like that. And, uh, I've thought, man, I wish my pastor could hear this conversation. I wish my family could hear this rather than me trying to sort of recount what these brilliant people said. 
And I thought this would be great to just invite these people out into the open and talk about things that the family of faith doesn't often hear about coming from their pastor for whatever reason. Maybe it's not politically correct, or it's going to divide the congregation, or it's just too controversial, or it's too secular, or whatever. I don't think anything's too secular. I think uh, everything in all the world, including family, church, civil government, politics, arts, entertainment, all of it belongs to the Lord, and it all shapes our culture. And I think we should look at all of it through a biblical worldview. And not only talk about it, I thought, wouldn't it be great if then, after the collective conversation, we could have actionable takeaway points so that we could actually do something with what we've learned rather than just going, oh, wow, Dennis Prager's brilliant. Oh, wow, Dennis D'Souza, what a smart guy. Charlie Kirk, wow, he's really got some great things to say. I'll be praying for those guys. Well, do that, but then here are some action steps that we can do today, this week, this month to make a difference in our families, in our communities, and in our country. So almost equipping everyday people to not just sit back and let the Charlie Kirks, like the mention, you know, I noticed you got uh, Governor Mike Huckabee, some really highly intelligent people uh, along with yourself who've, who've really, you've put in the time, you've put in the effort, you've put in the prayer in asking God to help you stand up and be a voice, even when it comes to controversial topics, to stand up for truth. And this desire now is to help equip people everywhere to not just sit on the sidelines and cheer on the others, but to to really learn how to, you know, sort of enter into the conversation that needs to be had. Is that something you're sensing where like there's a just the, the body of Christ is just what are we? Are we scared to speak up for being canceled? Are we apathetic? Are we all of the above? What are you sensing happening that, you know, made you think, hey, we need this show because people need to know not only that it's okay to speak up, but how to speak up. What, what's happening in the church today that you're seeing? I think that's a good question uh, because I, I, I do have an opportunity to talk to a lot of people. I sp- I'm at a lot of churches. I travel around the country. But at the same time, I'm not the mouthpiece for the people of God. I'm not the Protestant Pope, right? So I can't, I can't speak for everybody. But what I'm seeing is a lot of, a lot of people are people who love God, people who love our country, and they understand because they've listened to people like David Barton or they've read the Constitution or they've read the, the Declaration of Independence or they have gotten an understanding of the uniqueness of our nation in the history of the world and in the history of liberty. And they're feeling very threatened. What's going on? What, what, what's happening? And unfortunately, they're also very uninformed because there's sort of this theological schizophrenia that's going on because their pastor won't most pastors, not all of them, but most pastors don't want to touch critical race theory or progressive ideas or liberal versus conservative or or, or talk about maybe abortion, maybe we'll talk about pro-life, uh, but that's if you're if you're really a gutsy pastor, prefer to kind of not talk about those things and we do it under the guise of, well, that's that's just not my job. My job is to preach the gospel and I'm a gospel only person. And so Consequently, we have to learn about all these things that are reprogramming our children's minds and their hearts and now their bodies with experimental uh, injections of, of, of things we don't have long-term research over. We have to rely on places like Fox News and CNN or whatever other news source you want to go to or celebrity like LeBron James to tell us what we're supposed to think about all of these things. <laughs> and rather than that, 
we should be looking to the word of God and our shepherds to interpret the world through a biblical lens. And what I'm trying to do through takeaways is have some of those conversations. Dinesh D'Souza just unpacked the critical race theory. Did you know that critical race theory really cannot be understood apart from understanding critical theory and a guy named Karl Marx? And when you understand where that comes from, you understand that there are people who derive great value from dividing us up. And now we're divided over every possible thing, over race, over gender, over money, over politics, over vaccinated, unvaccinated, over gay and straight, over all sorts of things. And the more you divide a people, the more you can easily conquer them because they start fighting doing the dirty work for you, and then pretty soon you have fewer and fewer groups left to take over. Now, this may not be where you wanted to go with the podcast, but I want to this talk about- This is exactly where I wanted to go. A lot of people, they smell smoke. They know there's a fire somewhere. The fire alarms are going off in their conscience. They know what's going on in their kids' schools. They see things that are not adding up. And something very, very diabolical is afoot. And- I want to open people's, I want to open up my Rolodex and my resources to people so that they can start processing together with me on how do we respond to all of it. I think it's important. And like you just said, hey, this may not have been where you want to go. That's exactly where I want to go because I knew coming into this conversation, of course, I wanted to tell everybody about the new show that they can watch. But the reason why I wanted to tell them about the new show is because I think what you're doing and the conversations you're having are important ones. And like you said, they're conversations that I think deep down people want to have, but they're scared to have. They feel maybe too ignorant to have. They don't feel equipped. I hate the term cancel culture. But, you know, I was thinking about this today is like, we're called as Christians to be counterculture in a world that is filled with cancel culture. And we can't be afraid of being canceled by this culture because we were always meant to never go uh, with the flow. We, were, <laughs> The gospel is the message that's going to call us to go against the flow. So I think these are important things that you're talking about. I want to challenge even our own narrative within the family of faith. I propose that God never set it up for us to go against the flow, but for us to be the source of the flow. I Let me say this. God is the source of the flow flowing through us to create the culture that we ought to have here on earth. When Jesus said, Lord, let your will be done and your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, I believe that our hope is not in getting Star trek beamed up through the rapture to escape this culture. I believe that our hope is in the power of God working in the hearts of the family of faith to create heaven on earth. The whole picture that we see in scripture is of salt and light, light flooding the darkness. The darkness cannot overcome it. It cannot extinguish it. And what I want to see Christians doing is instead of running from the culture or saying we're a counterculture subculture, I want to say darkness is dying. Jesus overcame death and hell and the power of the grave. He crushed the head of the dragon. All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to him. And he says, go disciple all nations and I will be with you to the end of the age. This is like go fight, win. What, what's not optimistic and victorious about that? Greater is he who is in us than he who's in the world. Let's not see ourselves as counterculture, 
but as the ones who have been called and empowered to subdue the earth and build godly nations through evangelism and discipleship. That's what our founders understood. That's why they risked their their lives to do what they knew needed to be done so that you and I can sit here on a podcast 400 years later sharing the gospel and singing songs about Jesus. So you mean when the world looks as dark as it is right now that we as Christians shouldn't just sit around and go, Lord, come quickly. That's not what we should be doing, huh? (laughs) Well, listen, I'm just one guy, right? I'm reading the same Bible that you're reading. But this is the darkness that we see today is, I think it's nothing compared to the way that it was a thousand years ago when you have kings and monarchs and emperors ruling over the world and Christians being burned at the stake, cut in half, fed to the lions, stoned to death. You know, you and I are sitting here with our with our iPhones uh, and our computers, enjoying podcasts and and making TV shows. We're able to listen to sermons freely. We're able to preach. We're able to to read books and publish them. We have more freedom and more liberty than the world has ever known. And it's because during those dark times, somebody came up with a printing press. Somebody translated the Bible into English. Somebody got it into the hands of some reformers who challenged the church and nailed some theses onto the door of a church in Germany and got on a little tiny wine ship meant to go port to port in England and cross the Atlantic Ocean with it. And half of them died the first winter, but they laid down some seeds that grew into the freest, greatest nation the world's ever known. And we're starting today with a lot more than they had. And it's not nearly as dark as it was then. And yet it's never, you know, in our minds, we, we only see what we see. And when we when we don't have that grip on history, it's the worst it's ever been. It's always the worst it's ever been, it's right? It's like we're looking through a little straw right now when we say stuff like that. Open it back up to the Roman Empire and see what that's like. What's your least favorite word right now? Is it is it like mine, unprecedented? Right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> these have all, like I had a friend say to me, these have always been unprecedented times. You know what I think is unprecedented? And this is interesting. And that is the global nature of the threat to liberty. Because of the internet, we have a global community now. We're dealing with companies and entities that are so large that, you know, India and China make America look small economically and in terms of the number of people involved. And so you have companies like Google and Amazon and others right. that, uh, you know, they got bigger clients than the United States of America. That, that, that didn't used to be the case in America. You know, you kind of you dealt with your community and you had each other's back. Well, what happens when an NBA player wants to have another communist country's back and not our back? What happens when when that starts to happen and um, people start to betray the founding principles that made our nation so unique in all the world? I think that is unprecedented, the scope and scale of all of this. But at the same time, there are more Christians in the world now than ever before. We've got two billion of them and we've got the Bible everywhere and it's underground churches in China and in Korea and other kinds of places. And they're now sending missionaries back to the United States to (laughs) re-evangelize the church here because we've gotten so complacent and soft. 
Hey, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Being a human is exhausting. Living this life is exhausting. Everyone, for every one of us, it doesn't matter who you are or what you have or what you're going through, life takes its toll, amen? One common stressor is how we give away our power. You can't control what someone else does or what happens to you, but you can control how you choose to respond. That's how you keep your power. And therapy can help you learn this. It's not just a Jedi mind trick, all right? It's learning what you're capable of. And as our resident therapist says, when life gives you lemons, you can either make lemonade or squeeze them into your eye. It's your choice. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So go make some lemonade. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Matthew S. Podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash MWP. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H elp.com slash mwp today's program is brought to you by athletic greens the health and wellness company that makes comprehensive daily nutrition really simple how simple well i've been taking a packet every single day from the tour bus on the road opening it up pouring it into a bottle of water mixing it up and drinking it down it tastes really good i feel great it's made a huge difference and that's why i'm excited to partner with athletic greens ag1 by athletic greens the category leading superfood product brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody keeping up with the research knowing what to do and taking a bunch of pills and capsules that's hard on the stomach and it's just hard to keep up with right to help each of us be at our best AG1 by Athletic Greens. They simplify the path to better nutrition by giving you and me the one thing with all the best things. It's one tasty scoop of AG1. It contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. This special blend of high quality bioavailable ingredients in a scoop of AG1 works together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet. If you're like me, you've got some nutritional gaps in your diet. It also helps support energy and focus, aids with gut health and digestion, and support a healthy immune system, which we've all got to be on the lookout for, right? That's got to be super important for all of us right now. So I can't wait for you to join the movement of athletes, lifelights, moms, dads, rookies, first-timers, and everyone in between taking ownership of their daily health and focusing on the nutritional products they really need in the simplest manner possible. That's Essentialist Nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting, free, one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. That's what I use. These little travel packs, they're super convenient. Throw them in my suitcase. You're gonna get five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash west today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash west to take control of your health and give AG1 a try.
I was just looking up the scripture that came to mind as I heard you speaking moments ago, First Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Just as we've been called out of darkness, for those of us who've, who've come to find a personal faith in Jesus Christ, if we know that our stories have been uh, changed, our lives have been saved um, by a God who never gives up on us, then we are called, like you said, not just to sit around and say, oh, the world's the world's gone mad and we just need the Lord to come back quickly, but to realize our role in, I love what you said. I love how you sort of straightened me out a little bit in terms of that counterculture talk. I think I'm going to need to go back and listen to this interview and, and even reframe my verbiage about how I how I view it, you know? You know what, it, I, I think where we get it from, and, and I'm, I've had to have my thinking straightened out uh, on this, is if we answer the question, who is the ruler of this world? We kind of like do a little double step there because we go, well, wait a second. I know that the, you know, Satan is the God of this world, but God is really kind of in charge of everything. You know, our founders did not see the world as being under the control of Satan with God is sort of a, a an absentee landlord who, who has the right to rule, but he's in heaven preparing a place and temporarily shifted powers to subjugate everything to Satan. That's not what they said. It's one nation under, under God, God. And they believe that there's only one sovereign. And what that means is that God is in control. Satan is a defeated foe. And what that means is our job is not simply to save souls. Evangelism is primary, but the gospel liberates people who then liberate God's world. And their job is to subdue the earth and build godly nations according to the Great Commission through evangelism and discipleship. And our culture should therefore not be a subculture or a counterculture. Uh, we are to be nourishing and fortifying all areas of society and culture as salt and light. We are the nourishment for all of it as we apply God's word to every aspect of culture. And we should expect that things will get better and brighter because blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And just like you keep referring to like our founding fathers, though, like you just mentioned, those seeds that were planted, the seeds that we might plant in carrying out our role that God has put us here on this earth to do, we may not see some of those things come to fruition in our lifetime, right? That's right. When I plant, you know, tomato seeds in my garden, in my backyard, I, I'm doing it by faith. I have no idea how to produce a tomato, but I got a seed and I can, I can water it. Um, I can pull out the weeds, but, but God causes the, the increase in the harvest. And I know that's what you're doing. We, you know, you're, you're writing these songs and you don't do this just to you know, advance a career. You know, it helps to pay the bills for sure, but I know that you sit and think and pray and pull these ideas out of your heart and mind because you have faith that even though you may not see how God uses that song or a movie or a, a sacrificial act or whatever, you have faith that God's going to cause it to flower and, and bloom and it's going to make a difference. When I think about your story, Kirk, it's interesting. So this past year, we've been on this mission on the podcast based off of a song that I've had on the radio. This song's called What If? And the idea is, what if today is the only day I've got? 
I don't want to waste it if it's my last shot. No regrets in the end. I want to know I got no what ifs. And so we've been every episode we talk about with different guests and my dad comes on at the end of every episode and he gives us a little devotional. It's all been about like, how do we live a no what if life? How do we reach the end and stand before the Lord and hear him say, well done. And I feel like you're giving us some really great kind of a motivational talk for us to stand up and to learn what we need to learn, to educate ourselves and to realize our role in planting seeds and being a light for a lost world. I'm curious though, it's like, it's still crazy to me to think that I'm talking with a guy who was biggest TV star like ever. I'm watching you on TV as a kid and I'm thinking this guy, I'm wondering what took place in your life. What was that moment where your faith became real to you to the point where it became the driving force of your life. I ask every guest to tell me, and I say it in this way, I say, what's your blue couch story? And the reason I say that is because I was 13 years old, sitting on a blue couch in my living room in Chicago, Illinois, turned on the TV, and instead of an episode of Growing Pains, I found a Billy Graham crusade. And something happened in that moment that I'll never forget, and I could never deny, but I felt God knocking at the door of my heart, and it was then and there that I decided I wasn't just going to be a preacher's kid who was in ministry as a business, but that I was going to give my life to Christ. And I love hearing from every guest their story of the maybe the first moment, because we know that God's design is to reveal himself to us all along the way throughout life's journey. But can you think of a moment in your life where your faith became real to you and set your feet on a new path? I came to faith in the Lord when I was 17 years old. I was an atheist did not go to church. My mom always wanted us to go, but my dad really didn't, so we never went. And I was Mike Seaver on Growing Pains. We're right in the middle of the show. And this girl came on as a cheerleader at Mike's school. And she was really cute, and I wanted to get to know her outside of the set. And so she invited me to to her house to meet her family. And it was a Sunday morning. And she said, why don't you just meet us? We'll go to church together. Well, I'm an atheist but I'm also an actor. So I figured I could fake it. And so we went to church and I heard this message about an all powerful God who was holy and he created the world. And I heard about the rebellion at the fall and uh, the day of judgment and Jesus and repentance and heaven and hell and all of that. And I didn't know who the preacher was, but his name was Chuck Swindoll. So I'm like, what about this? What about that? I'm asking all these questions. And then eventually this girl's father gave me a book by Josh McDowell called More Than a Carpenter. And that book really gave me what I felt was the the intellectual open door to examine the Bible and Jesus and the resurrection without feeling like I was just checking my brain at the door. Uh, That they were really smart people who believed in this. And I kind of dove into a lot of questions and read a lot of apologetic books and then eventually realized that, hey, I may die before I get all my answers. So I better just take a step in the right direction because, you know, I could get hit by a car today. So I'm sitting in my sports car, parked on the side of the road. I dropped that girl off at an acting class and I just closed my eyes and I said, God, if you're there, I want to know. If you're real, would you please show me? Because I can't see you, but... I don't understand how this whole universe and this whole world just pops into existence or the design of the human body happens without a designer. So if you're there, would you please 
show me and forgive me of the wrong things I've done. Make me the person that you want me to be. Somebody gave me a Bible. I started going to church. And the more I read the Bible, the more I heard the, the word of God preached. I thought, you know what? I'm all about this. I, I want God to know me. I want, no, no, everybody thinks they know me, but nobody knows me. They know Mike Seaver, but they don't know me. And I, I want someone to know me and I want to be set on the path for why I was born. And, and I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. And I was convinced I needed God's forgiveness because I'd never said thank you for my life. And, you know, I've done things I knew were, were wrong. And uh, so that's, that was the beginning of my journey. And my pastor at the time said, Kirk, if anybody ever asks you, how did you find uh, God in Hollywood? He said, let me remind you. And he said, don't ever forget this. You didn't find God. He wasn't lost. You were, and he found you. Come on. That's awesome. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's there my heart, is. Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts thy above. Courts above. I love that reminder. We're the ones who wander. He's the one who pursues. The message, the whole message of the gospel, Kirk, isn't that the amazing thing? The whole message of the gospel is a message of a God who loved you enough to pursue, to come after you and never give up on you. And here we are at Christmas time and we get to celebrate that very fact that our God would choose to leave the splendor of heaven for a broken earth. There again, that's the message of what? Pursuit. And I love that. I love, man, that's powerful. See, I love asking that question to every guest here. And here you are now, a leading voice in in apologetics and, and firing up believers everywhere to live a know-what-if life, to know what they believe and why, to stand up for what they believe, and and to lead culture. Don't just be counterculture, but to lead with light and with love. It's it's really powerful to see what God's done through your platform. All that you're doing, I appreciate your kindness and, and inviting me onto the podcast. And I'm thankful. And, and like you, I, I wake up every morning and I say, God, this could be my last day. I'm so thankful for my family, for my health. I'm part of a some kind of a ministry that's pushing back the darkness, making inroads for the kingdom of God. Uh, thank you for my friends. Please, please do something because we're so prone to wander and, and, and Lord, we're so prone to temptation. Do something in the hearts and minds of your people that will cause us to just humble ourselves, pray and turn back to you. We desperately need a revival in our country and in our world. I was literally about to ask you, I was literally about to say, last question, what is your prayer for our world this Christmas? And you you just said it. And uh, man, I'm going to join you in that prayer. Our listeners are going to join you in that prayer. And our listeners are going to be joining you and watching the new show, Takeaways, with Kirk Cameron. I hear you got a great guest, um, named Matthew West, who's going to join you on that show. <laughs> yeah, he's really, you know, he's, he's, he's really humble. And he's got a lot of potential. I really... <laughs> I'm really looking forward to you uh, hearing what he has to say. He's a really great guy. Uh, Kirk, hey, you're the best. Thanks for joining me here today, and I look forward to talking with you again soon. Best way for, other than watching the show on TVN, best way that you want people to stay in touch with you, is it your Instagram? Follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, that's probably the best, or you can go to KirkCameron.com, whatever. We'll post links to both of those in the show notes so that people can find you. I'm sure they already do follow you, but uh, hey, Appreciate you, man. This was awesome. And I'm so glad that you could come on the show today. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Matthew, thank you. Keep up the great work and uh, let's keep praying for wholesale revival. Now it's time for songs from the story house. You know what song we're going to play on today's episode. Do you know what tomorrow is, my friends? 
It's Thanksgiving Day. Cue that gobble gobble and turn it up loud while you listen to this podcast. Let's go, everybody. Gobble gobble one, gobble gobble two, gobble gobble me. You know the rest. Let's go. There are so many songs about Christmas. The reindeer, the lights, and the gifts. We sing chestnuts are roasting and marshmallows toasting. And here comes old jolly Saint Nick. Now don't get me wrong, I shall love all those songs. But one holiday gets left out. You see, no one remembers a song for November. But that's gonna change starting now. Gobble, gobble, one. Gobble, gobble, two. He's my dad and he gives good advice. And that's why this last segment of today's episode is called Dad Vice. Play that music, please. He is my dad and he gives good advice. And that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. All right, Dad. Thanksgiving right around the corner. Yes. Um, yes. Can't wait. One of the songs that I put into my set list in the fall tour with Casting Crowns was. Uh, Matt Redman's song, 10,000 Reasons. And the chorus says, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. You know, sing like never yes, before. I love that. Oh my soul, worship his holy name. You know, we talked about gratitude last week. Here we are, I mean, right up against uh, a wonderful holiday called Thanksgiving. Let's talk about what it looks like to bless the Lord. All right. Well, I want to encourage everyone to read Psalms 103, and I'm sure many of you have. And uh, we're going to look at some of the verses in this psalm. And uh, really, the theme of it is bless the Lord. 
and uh, Psalm 103, 1 and 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And I love to sing that song every night on tour. Uh, Bless in this verse means praise with strong affection. By David saying, all that is within me, he was calling on his heart, soul, mind, to praise the Lord with all of his strength. This chapter's main theme is to praise or bless the Lord. Three things we can learn. One, bless the Lord. Praise the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus reminds us, love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Worship with a full heart of thanksgiving and praise. Two, remember, never forget his blessings. Psalm 103, verse 3 and 4, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeemed your life from the pit and crowned you with love and compassion. And those verses just describe different things to thank God for his blessings, for salvation, for forgiving our sins, healing us, redeeming us from destruction. He feeds us. He renews our youth. So many things to be thankful for. Uh, He is merciful. He is gracious. He is slow to anger. Never forget his blessings. We used to sing an old hymn called Count Your Many Blessings. Name them one by one. And then here's a good quote. Concentrate on counting your blessings and you'll have little time to count anything else. And number three, praise him for all he has done. Mm. Once you remember what he's done for you, praise him. What has he done for you lately? Write that down. Sometimes we ask people just joking, hey, what have you done for me lately? Well, God has done many things for us. Psalm 68, 19, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. And David ends Psalm 103, verse 22 with, bless the Lord, O my soul. I love that he daily loads us with benefits. You know, one of my prayer practices when I'm at my most discipline is is to do that acronym ACTS, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Yeah. Adoration is just giving thanks for who God is, not even getting to what he's done for me, right? Yeah. Then confession is the acknowledgement of just, you know, looking in the mirror, letting the truth be told, <laughs> you might say. And then thanksgiving for what God's done for me, and and uh, and then supplication. The last thing is to is to come to God with my needs, and doing those first three really changes how I even think about what my real needs are in life. Because once I've been reminded of who God is, once I've remind, been reminded of who I am, and then I'm reminding myself of how much I have to be thankful for, yes. man, it, it sure changes your whole outlook. So that's a great Thanksgiving word yeah. here on Dad Vice. Thanks, Dad. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, that's our show for today. I want to thank my guest, Kurt Cameron, for joining me. We will post a link to his new show on TBN and be sure to check it out. Also want to thank my dad as always. I'm so thankful to have my dad join me on this show week in and week out with an inspiring message from scripture. And uh, he's my dad and he gives good advice, doesn't he? So thankful for him. Thankful that we get to be in ministry together. And speaking of ministry, if you'd like to find out more about our nonprofit ministry, Pop We, you heard me mention at the beginning of the show, we are on a special Thanksgiving 
mission and you can still join us. There's still time if you'd like to help give a gobble away. We want to help feed some people who need a meal this Thanksgiving. $35 can actually feed a family in another country for an entire month. And we're going to partner with Samaritan's Purse. So if you want to pass that on, if you, if God's been good to you and you want to express gratitude in the form of generosity, that's how you live a know-what-if Thanksgiving. So go to popweed.org today. We would love to have you join us in our mission. We're going to raise a bunch of money, help feed a bunch of people, because that's what it's all about, my friends. Um, let's see. Any last announcements I want to make? Oh, so many good things going on. Be sure to go uh, pick up the Christmas album at MatthewWest.com or stream it wherever you listen to music. And, uh, you know, gobble, gobble, everybody. I want you to know how thankful I am for you. I don't want to miss this opportunity to just express my gratitude. Thank you for letting me be part of your life. Thank you for met- letting this podcast be part of your life. If you've let my songs be part of your life and your story, I want you to know that means so much to me. And my prayer with every song, my prayer with every episode of the podcast, my prayer with every devotion that we send out through Pop We or every Facebook and Instagram Live is that the Lord would speak through me and my story to impact you and your story, to remember some things, to remember that the the author of your story has great plans for you. He knows the plans he has for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Let your heart be flooded with gratitude and thanksgiving this season. Take some time, even after this episode, make a little list, count your blessings, count them one by one, count your blessings and see what God has done. He's a good God. He's faithful. He's a loving father. He loves you more than you'll ever know. And with that, I wish you the happiest Thanksgiving. I'll see you next week. I really hope you like it. <laughs> but seriously, I, I, I do. <laughs>